Hi everyone and welcome to the Poma podcast. Um, I'm James Prescott, your host. It's really great to be with you all again today. Um, I'm really excited today because I've got a friend of mine um, on today. Um, a very good friend who was a coach for me as well and a real support to me um, in the last year. Um, her, her name is Mariana Ruiz um, and yeah, I'm going to let her tell her story and introduce herself and we're going to have a great conversation. So welcome, Mariana. Thanks. Thanks for having me, James. I'm so excited to be here. Um, is it okay if I introduce myself? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, it's quite informal, this 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 podcast. Okay. I try and keep it quite relaxed. That's how I run, too. Um, so my name is Mariana. I'm a biz coach and consultant, and I help impact-driven entrepreneurs to increase their profit and impact. And um, my main thing is really marketing and sales and doing it from a place of service. Um, that's what I absolutely adore. Um, and it's really my mission to get, um, you know, selling and marketing in a way that is really um, heart-centered and serviceful and really starts things off on the right foot for business owners. That's my goal. Mm, yeah, that's something that... Um yeah, you're, yeah, you're one of the most authentic people that I know, really. Um, and this, I know that authenticity is a big thing for you, and it's a big thing for me too. Um, it's something that I'm really passionate about. Um, so, tell us a bit of your story and how you got into coaching, and kind of how that all happened. Yeah, so my background is actually in nursing. Um, I am a registered nurse, and I worked at hospitals. I worked um, brain surgery. I'm really geeky. Like, geeky is like an understatement. Um, but I basically um, climbed my way up the corporate ladder in nursing, and it was still very unfulfilling for me. Even though I was making a difference in people's lives, especially in a, in a very profound way um, in most of the things that I did, I felt very unfulfilled because I have been an entrepreneur at heart, like from since I can remember, like when I was 10, I, I started little businesses here and there. And I would just have all these crazy ideas and go do them. And I've always been driven in that way. Um, and I wanted something that would kind of merge these two interests of mine. One being serving people, helping people, really touching people's lives and also the business side of things. So what I did is, um, after being, you know, up that corporate ladder and having this really cushy desk job as a nurse, if you know any nurses, they probably work crazy shifts. And I totally got out of that and was doing really well, quote unquote, under nurses standards, but I still felt unfulfilled. So anyways, I had this cushy desk job and I was like, I don't like this. I need an outlet. So I started doing health coaching and that was going well for myself. Um, and it was just like a fun side kind of hobby thing. And then I um, became pregnant. And of course, all my fears came true. I was gaining weight while I was trying to help people lose weight. So I felt like a huge fraud. And I was like, okay, what do I, what do I do? And I went to one of my friends and she's like, you know what? You can just show people what it's like to be healthy and also um, just focus on health. And so I did that. I I did it anyway. I continued to help people and coach people um, through their health and, and, you know, pregnancy and all of that as I was growing <laughs> with my baby. And mm. I had my daughter as a preemie. She was two pounds when she was born. She was 28 weeks. It was um, 
life-changing for us um, as a family. She ended up having heart surgery after she was less than a week old. Um, She was in the NICU for over two months. She was just so, so, so sick. And um, it was really, really difficult. So I... That was really that turning point moment where, you know, she's in the, in the NICU for a couple months and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't return to work. My, you know, in the States, we only get six weeks for a maternity leave and I had to go back to work and I couldn't. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do? So I just really leaned into that coaching business and made that work. So having that income coming in, and I also own rental properties because, of course, I'm, like I said, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. And between those two um, entrepreneurial ventures, I was able to pay bills, pay medical bills, et cetera. And over time, people were like, how on earth are you doing that? You have a daughter who's on breathing machines. By the time she came home, she was on breathing machines for about four or five months um, after she came home. And... Uh, And people are like, how are you doing this? (laughs) You have a sick daughter. You are doing this health coaching thing online. How are you making ends meet Um, and not having to go back to a job? So I started eventually coaching. I first started with mom entrepreneurs um, because I really, I struggled with words that would describe my ideal client in the very beginning because Mm. there was something about that service and that loving. And I thought it was that mom thing, but it was really more deeper than that. And actually working with you, that really helped me to see that because I'm like, I love James's authenticity and his heart and how he really wants to make a difference in the world. And for me, that was really pivotal in me deciding to also serve men. And so the branding on the outside changed to impact driven entrepreneurs. But for a while, I was still branded as mom entrepreneurs and, you know, Mm. helping guys too, but um, that didn't Mm. feel authentic. So I said, I need to change the branding on the outside, right? But what I actually do has never really changed. And that's helping people, empowering, empowering people to go after their dreams of creating dream businesses and also help people in bigger ways through that business. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah, and I can testify being... Uh, and I think it was about a year ago that I first talked to you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the impact you had on my my life, um, and not just in terms of coaching, um, but more actually, the biggest impact was more on my own personal development, my own journey as a person. Um, it wasn't mm-hmm. simply business coaching; it was life coaching, really. Um, mm-hmm. What I was getting from you, and um, yeah, you know, and we became friends so um yeah and I just know that you've got such a great heart um to serve other people you know you you practice what you preach um you know and so what's been I mean what's been the biggest challenge for you in terms of staying keeping your integrity and being true to who you are and uh, and yet You've got to go out there and ask people for money. You've got to go out there and promote yourself and network and do all the things that you need to do to get clients, you know. So how do you kind of keep that balance of keeping your integrity and, you know, being authentic? Um, It's a jargon word now, so people don't like to use it. But, you know, keeping that integrity and being authentic, um, but also you know, being a business person as well? 
Yeah, I think the biggest challenge for me, oh my gosh, there's so many. I mean, <laughs> there's just so many to even count. But I think some of the biggest ones, number one, was releasing the need to be liked. That was a huge one. Um, because being authentic means uh, automatically there's people that are just not going to like you, <laughs> right? Um, and so that part mm. was really hard. Um, really, I mean, like pain, painfully hard. Um, because I was such a people pleaser, especially growing up. And even like the whole reason I went down nursing path was really because of pleasing people, not myself. And so that also meant I had to be authentic with who I really am inside and what my purpose was. And that was hard, was claiming that I, what I actually wanted, um, and actually asking for it. So that kind of wraps into sales too because in order to ask for the thing you want and need Mm -hmm. um you have to stand in your authentic truth and to do it for me and and this is why the whole service base has really served me well is because I have turned the whole thing around into I am not selling I am serving And I have really turned it around to being like, I will absolutely not work with anybody unless it is the right thing for them at that time. Um, So sometimes I have business owners. So part of what I do, sometimes I'll run Facebook ads for people. And um, I do this for like small businesses. It's a done for you service in my business. But a lot of times I have people come to me where I, yeah, sure. I could have run their ads, but they wouldn't have made a substantial amount of money based on where they were in their business. And so I have literally turned people down, (laughs) like from working with me on multiple levels, right? If they want Facebook ads and that is what they're set on doing and they only want that and they don't want coaching, but they're not ready and they don't want coaching, I can't push them into coaching. And I also can't push them into, into, like, I can't, ethically run ads for them unless I know it's going to be profitable for them. Does that make sense? So it's really just been a juggle and balance of um, owning what people really need, servicing them, and and really going at it from a place of not being afraid to turn down sales. And I think also like structuring my business so that I'm not needing to take another client to make that money. Does that make sense? So that it's not ever an ethical question of like, well, I have to take this client because I need to pay my bills this week, right? Like it's not that. And so I built my business through um, having consistent revenue so that I didn't have to ever make that kind of judgment call. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, and that's true. I know that from experience because um, when we finished our period of working together, I was kind of like, I want to do some more work with you. But you were saying to me, this isn't what you need. You need something mm-hmm. else. And you recommended somebody else to me who I'm still working with and who has had a big impact on me and was exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can testify to that being completely true. Um, yeah, and actually that takes a lot of courage to, to turn down clients, to turn down opportunities to make money, uh, and good money probably, um, that's that's a big that's 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 a, that's a big deal you know you don't do that that's not a kind of typical business decision you know mm-hmm. um and that i mean it's an example of being authentic you know i this is what i do this is my true self this is 
um, my path. This is the kind of people I want to help. This is, you know, and if I can't help you, I'm not just going to take your money because you want to pay me. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's integrity, you know, for me. Yeah. Um, there is this big myth that goes around, I think especially with with Christians um, and especially especially with writers as well, some writers anyway, that somehow marketing and promoting is somehow selling out and it's um, it's making it's narcissistic or something and it's about ego and um, you're just promoting yourself you're not promoting anything else you know um, and that is a real big trap you can fall into um, okay. letting your ego let it be making it all about you and promoting you and about building you up and hey look at me I'm great kind of buy my stuff um, that's a really big trap to fall into how have you avoided that yeah, so how I have, and I have been, oof, I have been playing with this a lot more lately and and working on it because for me, how I have avoided it is it's not really about me at all. It's about my clients and it's about the people I help. And so if you want it to be less about you, um, highlight the people you help because they're the true star. Right. They're the one that got the result. They're the one that did the work. Right. Especially if you're a coach. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, like we're just in the background cheerleading. Uh, but the client is the one that did the work internal and external. So I think um, how I have gotten around that and, and not having it be the self-absorbed like and I agree with you, there is a lot of marketing out there that is. I am so great. I made a million dollars with two hours of work a week, right? And it's not, um, <laughs> number one, it's not realistic, right? Um, if they are doing that with two hours of work a week, I'm I'm sure they have a team of 30 people doing it, right? Yeah. Um, and so, and I think it just goes back to being really, really transparent about, yes, I'm meeting my goals in my business. And I think that's an important part as a business coach that I am showing that, hey, I have goals. Hey, I do meet them. Hey, I don't meet them sometimes, right? Like I, I don't meet a hundred percent of my goals. I Like not even Michael Jordan was like a hundred percent, you know, shooting average, right? So yeah. it's like just being authentic and real about what I make, what I not like what I make as, as far as money, but like the goals I reach, the goals I don't reach and the launches that go well, the launches that don't go well. And, um, really just being honest about those things and also highlighting my, my people that has really been the thing because so many times, um, you know, it's the opposite. It's all about the coach or the person. And it's not as much about the the people that we're serving. And for me, it's all about the service. Yeah, and that's a big challenge. I think, I'll be, to, be pers- to be honest, I think when I was younger, I think a lot of the stuff was driven by my, by my ego, you know. And <laughs> I mean, it's, it's an easy, it doesn't make you a bad person, you know, um, because I think sometimes we get lulled into doing these things by our ego and we don't realize it's our ego that's driving the car Mm -hmm. you know um like in big magic um 
Liz Gilbert talks about fear and dri- driving in the car, and we need to put it in the back seat. And it's okay. Yeah. It's fear's like fear can be useful in in small doses in certain situations, but if it's in control, then we're in trouble. And I think it's the same with ego. You know that if we let ego, ego can be good because it can give us confidence and you know belief in ourselves and um, that kind of thing. But if we let it take control. Um, then we end up narcissistic and self-promoting and um, lose our integrity a little bit, you know, um, become a bit manipulative and all we want to do is draw attention to ourselves, you know. Yeah. And that's not integrity and authenticity authenticity at all. Um, but that takes a lot of self-knowledge as well, self-awareness, yeah. you know, um, and not everyone has that. Yeah. And it, and that has been, and, and I talk a lot about the real work and, and I think you could probably testify to this is like the hardest work is the work we're doing inside. Right. So like mm. I can, I can write a blog post, like everyone can write a blog post, right. And you say write a blog post every week or write, you know, whatever that most people can do. What's really hard is, is working through that internal fear of like, Oh my gosh, people are actually going to read this blog post. Oh my gosh, people might actually judge me based on what I write. Um, And allowing that work to be the primary work and then everything else kind of falls into place um, when we're doing the internal deep work. And, And that can be oftentimes way harder, way lengthier to work through um than the external yeah absolutely my my the next book i'm going to write is going to be about my internal journey of the last couple of years and it's been like a huge huge thing and i've just done this i've just done this work that and it was only like halfway through the process i think that i realized oh not everyone else is doing this mm-hmm. not everyone else and in fact most in fact a large percentage of people don't ever do this in their whole life and they go through their whole life like with all these issues and they're they're controlling them they don't even realize and you know we kind of and actually what i realize is a dick is like we're all, we all kind of just want to deal with the symptoms and not the actual problems and yes. dealing with the actual problems is painful and, and difficult and work and takes time and it's not easy and i had to go to the like darkest night of my soul Literally, mm-hmm. like it was the lowest point, moment of my life, but I wouldn't change it because, um, you know, I had that breakthrough and I've done all this work and it's done, you know. I mean, and, and now it's kind of, but actually, what I found is, and this is kind of going off track a little bit, but, but what I found is when you, when you deal with a whole one, one set of, one set of issues, that whole other set of layers. issues, yeah, it's like, layers. it's like layers. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of, have it like layers of soil you know that all of us like we just have to deal with all these different layers and like to find our true self you know um and i did this this brand have you heard of story story brand yeah um because i did that and um they they did this thing called brand script and i wrote my own brand script for me as a person um and not that i'm a brand but it's just a it's just a terminology and I think the thing, the core thing that I was about was helping people find their true self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'd love to do, you know. But I wouldn't have got to that place if I hadn't done all this work. Absolutely. Um, 
And that for me has been really finding and like being okay with like making the quote unquote mistakes, right? Because really it's all part of the journey, right? So for Mm. me, when I shifted from, you know, my, I was a business coach for mama entrepreneurs and I knew that something about that just wasn't sitting right. I was having growth externally. I mean, I grew a lot. I grew a Facebook group in seven months. I think I got that group to, you know, 1500 people and it just blew up in seven months. And, you know, I grew my email list equally quickly, my coaching practice equally quickly, but something inside of me just wasn't sitting right with it. Right. And it took courage and, and also just being willing to be okay with like, well, that is working. And yet it's not the thing that is my genius zone, right? It's not that thing that I'm really Mm. trying to convey. And so it took that self-exploration about like, what is really the thing? And for me, it came out to be service and, and having empowering people to ask for the thing they need and want. Um, and I think, you know, there may be other layers, right? Like, I don't know. And I think one of the biggest lessons for me in this year has been not making myself wrong um, because I tend to be pretty hard on myself. <laughs> like, not, mm. you know, but um, mm. I think that has been something that I've been working on with my clients and, and in programs and in my live streams is sharing that you you don't have to make yourself wrong about your journey, right? Like the mom entrepreneur thing. Yes, it worked for me. I grew quickly. It also still didn't feel perfectly aligned for me. And Mm -hmm. I didn't, it was just a stepping stone in a version 1.0 of my message. Now version 2.0 is impact or an entrepreneur. Hopefully this is the correct quote unquote branding. Correct. Right. Um, cause if it's not right and wrong, how can it be correct? There obviously is an incorrect. Um, and yet we don't know. And so I think part of being an entrepreneur and being a business owner is just embracing your path and, and moving forward with what you're doing and what you have now. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, is there a, I mean, is there a spiritual element at all to what you do? Um, Yes. Um, so I believe, see, it's sort of spiritual, but it's not. Um, I'm, I don't consider myself Christian or, um, Mm. Buddhist or any, any specific religion. I just consider myself, um, if I am thinking of what my religion is really, I just think of spirituality and connection with a higher power. It's very general. Um, and for me, that has been what works for me. Um, my parents, I was raised Catholic, super ultra, ultra Catholic. Yeah. And I, you know, early on things weren't meshing well with me. And so I started exploring just meditating and just kind of going on my own path. And for a while there, I was even completely atheist. I mean, totally. Um, And then I was like, no, 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 that's not working either. (laughs) That's not what I want either. And I felt, you know, like I needed more of a spiritual connection. And then I just came to where I just classify myself as spiritual um, Mm. and non-denominational. I would just more say 
if anything, right? For me, I believe everybody is created equal. I believe in a higher power God, the universe. I don't have a specific name, right? Um, But I think it's more about just knowing that there's more and connecting with that higher self, that God, that universe, whatever you want to call it, on a regular basis. And for me, that is through daily meditation and, and just, you know, thinking and writing and all of it, all of it, right? Mm. All of life really to me is a spiritual thing. Does that make sense? I know. That's yeah, like everything is spiritual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I believe. Like everything yeah. is spiritual. I think, yeah. Um, and I think like God is everywhere, right? Like God is in every person. And it's like, I think, you know, I, I just think in that, like, there's just so much beauty in the world. And, and I'm just like really passionate about seeing the beauty of that every day. Yeah. Uh, Taking your time to, to, to notice things, just Mm -hmm. slowing down and being fully present. Um, in the now and noticing what's going on all around us you know i need to practice that a lot more because when i've the times that i have practiced that i have felt so much more peace and i felt so much more in tune with with things with the universe with with god whatever you want to call it um yeah i mean i think everything is spiritual that's that's right and that that kind of infuses with everything that we do yeah everything we do is a spiritual act you know Absolutely. Um, um, certainly creating. And we wouldn't be here, right? Like if it wasn't for God, the universe, higher power, right? So I think like it's all it's all the beauty of life. I think the hardest thing for me is just like what you said, right? It's like this technology <laughs> gets so loud yeah. that like it yeah. makes it hard to live in the everyday moments. But at the end of the day, it's the everyday moments that make your life. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Technology makes it hard to live in the everyday moments, but it's the everyday moments that make your life. Yeah, that's brilliant. I love that. Thank I love you. that. I think, yeah, I, I, yeah, sometimes I wish I didn't have to spend so much time online. Yeah. I think I wish I could just, you know, go and go for walks and stuff and um, experience things, you know, more um and read more instead of being online you know a lot of the work that i do is online right you know writing blogging podcasting coaching all of that is online you know um building relationships with people um on the other side of the world you know can't do that in person because yeah and a lot of my friends um are online so i have to be online in a, to a certain degree but i don't have to be on there all the time i don't think i think mm-hmm. I do think I do think that social media I, I think somebody said this I don't know whether it was Simon Sinek or somebody else but that social media is one of the reasons that so many people are depressed and so many people mm. are lonely is because we're just addicted to social media and we're, we're getting the hits of dopamine from when we press publish you know or send or whatever um, and I love what he said about when Simon Sinek said about going to restaurants with friends when he goes to restaurants with friends as a group, they take one phone with them and everyone else leaves their phone at home. <laughs> and so they can just so they can be fully present and interact with each other. And I love that. I thought that was great. You know, and it's like today it's so countercultural to do something like that. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's really, really healthy. Yeah, I agree. And for for me, you know, I have my little kids now. They're two and three, by the way, everybody listening. My daughter is fine. She's really healthy. She was discharged from all high-risk specialists um, before we moved. We just moved to New York. So I just feel super blessed, super lucky. I mean, I just get chills thinking about it. Um, but I think... Um, you know, even with my kids, especially, I want to be there for them. And mm. I don't want them to be electronical kids, right? Like, I mean, you mm. see my kids, they'll pick up a phone, they know what to do. I The other day, I was like going to set an alarm, and I couldn't remember what app it was. And my son was just like, boom, boom, boom. And he just picked it up. And he knew exactly where it was. I was like, mm. I don't know how you know that, because I don't think I've ever physically taught you that. Yeah, um, yeah. My nephew but, is like one year old. And mm-hmm. he's already figure, starting to figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. And so I think it's also like a challenge of how are we going to keep that real human connection in the next generation um, and, and maintain presence for ourselves and for the, for our kids. Um, it's, it's a practice and it's, it's, it, it can be hard. Um, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like that is, that is one of my, you know, big things that I'm working on, um, right now and really just allowing the technology and the thing and the work that I do, right. Cause I can work from anywhere, but that also has dangers like, mm. Oh, then are you working all the time? <laughs> Cause you can easily do that. Yeah. And I think that's something to remember, isn't it? Like obviously with kids, they're going to know what you're doing for a living. Mm-hmm. So they're going to kind of like, if you, if you're saying, don't do that, don't go on social media all the time, they they're going to come back. <laughs> well, you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just that having that balance, isn't it? So being authentic with your kids as well. Because um, authenticity can't be just something you do online. It's got to be something. It's kind of a way of living. Yeah. And I think for me, as I've grown um, my business too, and, and, and it's funny you said about being authentic um, online and all that is how do I grow my business and still be authentic online? So as I get more clients, as I get busier, it's so tempting to just say to a VA, hey, go do all of my social media ever Mm. and do it under my name. And I've tried that and it does not all feel good. So I've been working on how can I make it so that I still have the the moments where I'm active and I'm online. I'm also balanced with my children and my workload. And um, I'm also not delegating everything on social media to somebody else because I think that's also an area of where we're talking about authenticity is like, is that really even the person, especially as you grow? Um, And so for me, that's been something that we're working on internally in my business to remain authentic for, you know, as we grow and grow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I had that experience recently. Um, I was promoting, I was on the launch team for somebody's book and um, mm-hmm. they're quite a big author, New York Times bestseller and um, somebody I admire a lot. But, and um, I was tweeting about the book to promote it and things. And I got a reply from them and I thought, Oh, this is great. They're replying to me, you know, and then I got a lot of replies which were the same thing, the same text, like mm. over and again. They asked me more than once, um, and it didn't sound like him. And um, I was a bit disappointed because I thought, this, is, this isn't this is really you, is it? 
this isn't really you. And you, you can tell. You can just tell. Yeah. Especially if you know that person's work and you know about about who they are, you can just tell by the the wording, the the, the tone of it. It's like, you can tell. I always, I always say to people, you can smell if something isn't authentic, if something isn't true. Um, and, yeah, I think that the truth always gets exposed by what we create. Even if, and the truth sometimes is that it's not authentic. Um, yeah. So. I couldn't agree more. I think, I think you can tell, and that's kind of a danger, right? As you're growing as a business is like, well, you want to grow, but you don't also want to be at the point where you're not yourself, <laughs> right? And like, you yeah. have people working for you that are not sharing your truth as well. So I think, it's like, okay, well, how can we do this, right? And and for us, we're just thinking of creative ways. So inside one of my co- coaching programs, we have, um, like, my some of my team members are, like, cheerleaders in the program. So they're actually just posting as themselves, but they're doing it on behalf of my team, right? So how can we keep that and just be really, really authentic and still, you know, it be real, And of course, like every coaching call, it's like me and the person still, right? And every group coaching call, it's still me answering their questions. And every, you know, every time it's me, it's really me. So I think it's like, how can you make that feel good for yourself um, rather than it being um, somebody else's work? Yeah, Um, that's true. That's true. I think I love that approach, actually, Mm of, um, of, of, having a team but they're all treating us themselves mm-hmm. um that's really kind of that's a lot more honest you know yeah um you know and having like one one idea would be to have someone who advises you on what you tweet like you like you know what's what's because if say you you know you're somebody who and i can get a bit emotional on social media sometimes and maybe i need somebody to just tell me you know maybe you shouldn't tweet that maybe you shouldn't say that you know maybe that's not helpful you know um having someone like that to help around who can help you as well is probably quite useful but having a team who are tweeting out your stuff and having a business a business twitter account maybe even you know that kind of thing um instead of just doing having other people tweet for you i think mm-hmm. that's a lot more authentic um yeah definitely wow so Okay, so just I'm just conscious of a lot of people listening to this who either they're wanting to start their own business or they're promoting stuff online or they're just wanting to grow um, as people. Like, what what would you? What word of encouragement would you want to offer those people? Oh, it's really just focus on the people you serve or that you will serve. So for me, it's always been that underlying current that drives me is remembering that the people that I have served and that I will serve by showing up because so often that, you know, that little voice says, Oh, I don't know. Can you really do this? Or the voice says, Oh, but what if people hate this? And it's like, I don't care if 10 people hate it. If like one person was touched in a positive way because I um, spoke my truth, I'm going to do it. 
Um, and, and I had a lot of moments like that, especially Mm. in the beginning. I mean, my family disapproved of what I was doing. Um, my husband didn't get it. I, for the longest time, I mean, I had to make a lot of money to prove to my husband that this was a legitimate business. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I hate that. Right. And you're always going to have people that aren't that supportive of you. And, and it can be especially difficult if it's somebody who you live with and who you love and respect and obviously want, you know, to have a, a positive relationship with. So I think it all goes back to trusting your purpose, um, and really tuning into that higher power because you you wouldn't have had the desire to start this business to do the thing you want to do if it wasn't really truly your purpose. Um, because any, I mean, there's people who have a dream to be, like I said, I worked in brain surgery, right? There's people who had a dream to be a neurosurgeon. If that's not you, that's not your calling, but whatever this thing is that you really want to do, it's because it's your calling because it's the thing that you're supposed to do. Um, maybe it's because there's one person on the other side of that who so desperately needs your message. And so going out on the limb, especially in the beginning stages, um, where you have almost no support, um, and people kind of look at you funny and that is the most critical time because that is when you can prove to yourself how much you really truly are meant to do this. Brilliant. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. You're it's, welcome. It's been so good having you on here today. Um, Thank you. I feel like we could have talked for a lot longer. Um, <laughs> so uh, we'll have you back sometime, definitely. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so thanks a lot. Um, okay, um, thanks, everybody. I, hope, I really hope you've been encouraged by today. Um, I've definitely been encouraged and inspired. And where can, you, where can people connect with you, Mariana? So you can find me at impactdrivenentrepreneur.com and I have a Facebook community. It's called Im- Impact Driven Entrepreneurs and it's got a big fist pump. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So yeah. And definitely connect with Mariana because she's very inspiring, very encouraging and um, yeah, just has this great heart for people. So thanks Mariana for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, take care everybody. And uh, we'll talk soon.